the greatest movie of all time doesn't want to be fed. Wants to hunt. Welcome to the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast, where we are going to talk about what is and is not the greatest movie of all time. I am your co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I am your co-host, Derek Smith. Welcome to the show. And Derek, what movie are we talking about today? Jurassic Park. Yes, we spared no expense for this episode. Jurassic Park, the 1993 Steven Spielberg movie, uh, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, a stacked cast, among others, Sam Jackson. Stacked. Wayne Knight. Wayne Newman Knight. Himself. Classic. So what we're going to do here on this podcast, because this is the, uh, you know, the, the first episode, just to let people know what we're going to do is we're going to discuss this movie in depth. And we're going to go over whether or not we think this meets the criteria of being considered the greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. And we are going to eventually watch every single movie that's time. ever been made. Ever. From the beginning of cinema to today. Exactly. Once, once we're able to get back into movie theaters, if we are, we may have seen the end of movies, who knows. Mm-hmm. But we're going to watch all of them either way. So, Derek, this movie grossed $1.03 billion. Not en- just not enough. Not enough. No, Almost I, enough to fund an actual Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, I never thought of that. Yep. Could could it be made for a billion? Actually, no. I, I am I'm curious as to how much it took to build the Jurassic Park land in Universal Studios. Yes. It may, was it more or less than Jurassic Park actually grossed? Interesting oh, thought. We'll uh, we'll have to look that up at some point. So, Derek, Jurassic Park. Do you remember the the first time you saw the movie? I don't think I remember the first time I saw it. I just remember liking it a lot when I was a kid. I don't remember when the first time I saw it or whatever, but I liked it. And I think I had some toys too. I think I had some dinosaurs. I had some little cars and stuff, but yeah, I always enjoyed that one. It was always one of my favorites of the nineties for sure. What about you? Yeah. It seems like a movie that's sort of just always been around and you know, we're, we're both in our our early thirties here. So you know, we were just the perfect age when this movie hit to, you know, have that, that dinosaur, you know, that dinosaur moment in our lives. You know, I feel like every kid goes through, oh, I'm a T-Rex, I'm a Velociraptor. Yep. And, you know, we did that on the, the playground in elementary school. You know, we played Jurassic Park. It was Which great. Which dinosaur but, were you? I mean, we changed it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We changed it up. I mean, I, I, um, I preferred to be the Dilophosaurus because I had ranged weapons. Can't, <laughs> can't mess with that too much. Yeah. This, this is a, you know, this is a movie where just a VHS was just everywhere you went. Yep. You know, and it's just... You know, I'm at my grandmother's house or I'm on vacation and the cabin that we got has just a VCR and three movies. And one of them is Jurassic Park. <laughs> the you know? Airbnb, the all required Jurassic the, Park. The pre-Airbnb pre where it's just like your parents would say, oh, yeah, we're just going up to random town, you know, an hour and a half away. It's on a lake and there's a cabin. Any town in America. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how they found these cabins, but they, they did. And they all had Jurassic Park. But, I mean, I've, I've seen it in theaters since then. Um, they, they did a 3D release a while ago. I saw back to back with Jurassic World, which you know, in a future episode, Jurassic World. So I mean, and it's a great theater experience. Obviously, you it's know, a you movie have... that never gets old for me. I agree. This is a movie you can pop on anytime, yep. and it's it it works. Yep. 
but we'll get to it. Let's talk about what happens in the movie, Derek, just to, to get an idea, because, I mean, story obviously is a big part of what makes the greatest movie of all time. And we, we start, and the first character we see is Muldoon, the, the gamekeeper. And he is transporting something that we'll later learn to be a velociraptor, which attacks another, another uh, worker on the island. Yep. And for those of you who don't know who haven't seen it, the movie is about a theme park, which is created with dinosaurs that are resurrected through the magic of DNA. And DNA in the early 90s, if anyone's familiar with the O.J. Simpson trial, was basically magic at that point <laughs> to, to most people. Yep. Uh, they just didn't know what was going on. So it was relatively – and it's adapted from a book by Michael Crichton. Yep. Um, it was relatively new technology. So people didn't really know the limits of it. it. This is plausible in some people's minds, which I think one of the reasons why it really worked. We see them setting up the island here. Derek, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on, on this scene? It's, it, it sets the tone for like, there's trouble coming, there's trouble brewing. Here's the problem of the, the movie. You know, it's like, oh, it's, it's going to be, you know, it, it's, it's the, whole, uh, the whole premise really is just like, this, right. should, this shouldn't happen. Yeah, because otherwise there's really no – yeah, there's some great CGI, incredible effects, but otherwise there's no suspense or no really action until gates get shut down, really. Right, yep. You know, it's, it's a lot of setup. So, I mean, I think it's a great starting point for what we're going to see later. So the next scene we go and we see Gennaro, who is, you know, really just a very heroic character in the, in the book, in the source material, but he's a complete scumbag and coward. <laughs> Yeah. in the movie and it's it's really it's an interesting change there there are some subtle changes and not so subtle changes as well from the, from so the book to the movie book? i have read the book, oh, yes. you read the book okay cool the the key differences are malcolm dies hammond dies there are the scene from jurassic park 3 with the uh, uh pterodactyls is in the book okay hammond actually is killed by the compies that end up showing up in the lost world the, the small dinosaurs yes yeah. yes so there, there's, there's a lot of differences. Gennaro is heroic and they just, I don't know if Spielberg just hates lawyers or the, the screenwriter <laughs> hates lawyers or something, but they just didn't, didn't really like him. But we see he's speaking to, the idea is that he's trying to get uh, an archaeologist to come to the park. And he does mention Dr. Grant, who the... Archaeology, the other archaeologist he's talking to does not believe will go because he's a digger. So, and we see this mosquito in amber, and we learn later that that's how they're extracting the DNA. Mosquito bites dinosaur, lands on, lands on a tree, according to Mr. DNA, as mm -hmm. we learn later. They extract blood. Mosquitoes encased in sap, which fossilizes in the amber. They get the DNA, and they make dinosaurs. So, I, the thing I like about this scene is that establishes Grant Yep. Uh, as sort of the just a by the numbers archaeologist, you know, really is kind of sets up the movie where, you know, Hammond is getting people to come to the. Uh, I believe they mentioned Malcolm in the scene as well. Am I right? I think so. I remember hearing the name early on. Yeah, because Gennaro is the one that ends up bringing Malcolm, and then we meet really our heroes, Doctor Grant and Doctor Sadler, played respectively by Sam Neill and Laura Dern. Mm -hmm. They're they're not the sexy characters in the movie. Obviously, Malcolm <laughs> steals a movie, right? right? Right. What do you What do you think of these two? I don't know. I, I weirdly enough, at first, I was like, "Is there going to be chemistry between these two? Because Grant's definitely dry. Um, until the movie starts to open up, he becomes less dry. But she's, uh, 
you know, she, you can tell off the bat, she's kind of feisty. I, I like them both off the bat. I like where it's going to go. And I also love the scene where Grant like teaches the kid. Yes. About, <laughs> about teaches what, the kid. Is that what we're calling kid. it? Scares yeah, the bejesus scares, out of a child. Well, that, that kid also makes a small cameo in the Adams family. I don't know why I noticed that, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, off the bat, I'm kind of excited. I like the kids get an interesting face. Yeah, and they, of course. Yeah. And then the little computer that they show that Grant doesn't understand because it's like new technology. I like that scene as well. He like I like the, the little callback to that where Grant says in this scene that he's allergic to technology or something yeah. like that. And then when the cars break down, he touches the screen and goes, hey, what do they do? Yeah, exactly. So he thinks, he thinks for a second he screwed up the cars. Right. Uh, Grant has a, um, a velociraptor claw, which if you haven't seen the movie is just a ridiculously long, deadly looking retractable claw that he... Uh, basically tells a child that a velociraptor would murder him with where's this kid's parents by the way what's this kid doing here on a on a dig site in the middle he's like, of, he's like i'm not even supposed to be here yeah he's in the middle of the desert and like where is he Monta like the northwest of the united states somewhere yeah, just randomly montana yeah it's montana this kid shows up without parents and is just scarred for life forever. You, think, you mean Grant doesn't care? He doesn't like kids. So he's just oh, like, Grant wow. hates, yeah. This, this establishes that Grant hates kids. Dr. Sadler played, you know, as we said, by the, the great Laura Dern, who's incredible in everything she's in, is chastising him to get kids. And unfortunately, we do get uh, more kids later in the movie. But we'll talk about that later. Yep. So then John Hammond shows up in a helicopter and ruins their dig like a dick. Uh, digging out wine out of their refrigerator. Yeah, still... So, oh, we've been saving that. Yes, for today. Okay. <laughs> Hammond, Hammond sucks. Let's, let's be yeah. fair. Hammond is the absolute worst part of capitalism, and only Malcolm calls it. Right. Calls him on it immediately. And then I believe we now meet Dennis Nedry. Is that right? Yes. Yep. It's the, I think it's, was it the scene where he's sitting down and he's waiting for the guy to show We get Dodson here. We get Dodson. See, no one cares. No one cares. One, uh, also, one of, the, one of my favorite memes of all time. It's uh, it's uh, that scene. It's like uh, you know, I think there's one with him and like Daenerys from Game of Thrones, and she's like, she's like, I want my. He's like, oh, she wants her dragon. She wants her dragon. See, nobody cares. All right, so we've we've got our Game of Thrones reference for the episode out today. Still, that have... was that was the one meme I thought <laughs> that's, of. That's the one. Did have you seen the uh, the pictures online where Nedry has the same the same clothes as members of the Goonies? <laughs> no. Look look it up, and listeners, look it up, Nedry is dressed as three uh, three separate members of the Goonies throughout the movie. That's amazing. It's yeah, and, and Spielberg you know directed this one produced the Goonies, so yeah, that was definitely on purpose. <laughs> so at this point um there we then go to the helicopter ride over. We meet Ian Malcolm. Yep. God bless Ian Malcolm, God bless Jeff Goldblum. Maybe the greatest character in the history of cinema. What 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 are your Malcolm thoughts? Oh, Malcolm's the man. He's 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 my favorite. I think uh, he's it's kind of cool because he's like the suave, cool guy that's also like really intelligent too. So it's kind of a cool mix of the cool scientist is a, a like a, a archetype <laughs> we get in movies that I feel like doesn't exist in real yeah, life. Yeah, right, right, right. It's like he's just he's from the cut from the same cloth as like Indiana Jones. Yes, yes. You know, like. Yeah, we have we have archaeologists in this movie that aren't as cool, but it's like, oh, we got to get the cool chaostician, which I don't think is a real thing. Who knows? Right. But yeah, uh, Malcolm's whole thing is that, uh, and we talk about he talks about this as he definitely 
locks it down with Sadler. Like, I, I think they definitely had sex after the camera. <laughs> well, he, he's smart. He's intelligent. He's good looking. He knows how to talk to women. He's got, he's got the whole package. Yeah. So the, the other thing about this, uh, this scene is the sort of foreshadowing that we see where the helicopter's landing and there's some turbulence. Uh, but Grant goes to do his seatbelt, but there's two female buckles. Yep. And he ties them together, which is foreshadowing later in the movie. We find that despite all the dinosaurs being female, they have evolved or mutated in some way to be able to mate. Right. Um, so it's a little heads Life, up on that. Uh, find, a, find a way. My wife said I could not do a, uh, an impression of Malcolm on this episode, so I'm glad you did, Derek. Uh, <laughs> I was not allowed, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I may do one later. We'll, we'll see. So at, at this point, we are on the island, and we're, our, our characters other than Hammond don't know that there are dinosaurs. They've been told, oh, there's a theme park. We just want your opinion on it. You know, Hammond says he'll fund their dig if they just come and spend a weekend. As they're driving, Sadler is a paleobotanist. Um, so she's looking at the plants that are around. And yep. these are you know, prehistoric plants. I thought they were extinct. And everyone else is, is looking off into the distance. Yes. And Grant grabs Sadler's head and turns it around. And there is a Brachiosaurus in all its splendor and all its glory. Derek, my question to you, is there a better CGI moment in any movie that you can think of? Uh, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. And I will say that when I watched it the other day, um, my wife was watching it as well with me. And I said, I wonder how many times they had to film that scene where Grant grabs her head and, and turns it to see the dinosaurs. Cause her reaction to it is perfect. And she's I think like, everyone Oh, everyone's is perfect, but her reaction to it with the dropping of the glasses, it's so smooth, it's so... Yeah. And then you see the CGI, you see the dinosaurs. It, it's, the, mu- the, the music is so incredible in the scene and throughout the whole movie that it, it's one of the best scenes in the whole movie. I, I agree, and we will, uh, we will definitely talk about the music here. The, the score, the theme from Jurassic Park, which you heard in the credits, is just John Williams at the top of his game. Yep. Yep. And you know, that's, that's a, a big part. I think people, a lot of people don't think about scores when they think about movies, but it can really make or break it. And I mm-hmm. think, I think with, you know, the unfortunate passing of Ennio Morricone earlier this year, John Williams is so far and away the number one living composer for movies. Yes. It's, it's, it's outrageous how, yeah how incredible he has been for decades. Absolutely. At, at this point, everyone's sort of freaking out there asking how this was done so it's brought and explained everything with the uh the amber and the mosquitoes and all that we get uh mr dna or dr dna whatever he is they come across bd wong bd wong's a scientist who is uh overlooking a hatchery and we then find out that they have velociraptors and velociraptors have were sort of not the the biggest dinosaur before they're not the most popular dinosaur before right. this, but Jurassic Park, I feel like really put them on the map as far as culture goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's funny. You think of like the one thing I thought of while watching this movie, I was like, well, the NBA basketball team is in the Toronto Tyrannosaurus Rexes. They're the Toronto Raptors. That's true. And I think Jurassic Park definitely pushed the Raptors into, you know. What year did the Toronto Raptors come into existence? I don't even know. It's got to be before then. It, it could have been before then, but I just feel like they made Raptors more popular because I think as a kid, maybe Jurassic Park was the thing that made me into get into dinosaurs. I'm sure it was, but 
you know, like you said, T-Rex, that was the dinosaur. That was the coolest. It was the biggest. It was the strongest, all the stuff. But raptors are vicious. They're vicious. Yep. And they, they, they travel in packs in a, in a lot of ways. And they, they attack you from the sides and whatever. Yeah, I think Grant oh, is no, like, Raptors. Sorry, the Toronto Raptors came in after this movie. So okay. this was definitely yeah. uh, 95. The team was founded in 1995. That was right. That's so, like that, that's, well, that's sort of like what that the, was, the, that's like the Mighty Ducks situation. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So, I, wow, I well, didn't they, even realize that. Well, the Mighty Ducks as a team was owned by Disney. So it was just an outright commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> whereas this was just like, Raptors are popular now. We'll, just yeah. do, we'll do Raptors. Exactly. Uh, Grant is terrified, I think. To think that you know, to think that rap is right, and I love the uh, the subtle B D Wong acting where he's just kind of like, um, he's like, what what dinosaur is this? And he just looks up nonchalantly. Oh, they're um, Velociraptors. Puts his head back down as if as if it doesn't really matter that they just bred raptors. Yeah, <laughs> you're bringing raptors. Um, so yeah, B D Wong as a character, and I don't. It was obviously not thought of in this, but once we get to Jurassic World and you know its its sequels, that character is like an absolute sociopath. Yeah. And it just will just like, yeah, I just made an awful creature that'll kill everyone. And it's right. just what I do is my job. And so more on Wong in later episodes. I think the character is actually Wong as well. Yeah, they just they <laughs> got lazy there. Yeah. So then we, we go to a, a dinner scene where all our characters are, are sitting around. Uh, Gennaro is the only one who's super excited about this, this prospect. He thinks they're going to make millions. But uh, I don't believe it. The only one on my side is the blood-sucking lawyer. Blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> great line. Uh, yeah. Richard Attenborough, great actor. Rest in peace, also died within the last few years. Yeah. And yeah, everyone else, the experts there are all, all skeptical, I would say, of, mm-hmm. of the process here. Um, I would say Sadler and, um, and Grant more so just, just because it's like, well, we can't control. There, there's, there's no way to accurately put these animals and these plants together right uh, whereas malcolm is just like well j- everything by its very nature is just going to go sideways because that's chaos mm-hmm, the chaos theory which sadler has no idea what he's talking about well she finds <laughs> out she finds out <laughs> <laughs> okay and then uh, then we meet the kids <sighs> all right what do you what do you think about about the kids what are the well words? i didn't even write their names down because i just want to get I just don't want to think about. You know, as the movie progresses, I like them more and more because um, I, I love the relationship between them and Grant as the movie progresses. Um, it's very, um, it's just, it's sweet, you know, that Grant becomes this kind of like overprotective guy for, for these for these children. But the the kid who plays the boy grows up to be the bass player for Queen in that Bohemian Rhapsody movie, which is a really weird fact. <laughs> Well, future episode, maybe, maybe <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is the greatest movie of all time. I don't right. know. We'll have do they, to examine do they make that. It a, do those kids make an appearance in another one, right? The second one, I think? Lost World, they have a cameo. Cameo, okay. There's another, older, yeah. maybe even worse kid role in that one, but we'll, we'll get to that. Right. My opinion, the kids are super annoying throughout. I'm just actively rooting from the die at some point. It's <laughs> like, let's just get to the characters I like. I will say, I hate his jokes. The jokes got to me. Do you think you saw us? Oh, man. <laughs> But I, I I liked her subtle like I happen to be a vegetarian and things like that. And then her I was glad that later in the movie they they decided to tell us that she's a hacker because if she just got on the computer and just did some shit, I would have been mad if she just did some shit that saved everybody without knowing she was a hacker. 
this is what we're, we're going to see a lot of this in the 90s movies that we do. The concept of hacking was just a total unknown. There's a, there's a hacking scene towards the end of this movie where she's essentially just playing a video game. Right. And somehow, like, a, but like a Windows 95. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, it, it looks like it came on the computer. It's not even a CD-ROM. Right. It's, she's just going through. It almost looks like a screensaver. So we meet the kids and we're, we're starting the dinosaur tour. And dinosaurs aren't showing up for whatever reason. Because, okay. yep. because as Malcolm says, you can't control these things. These systems are too complex. Right. They're not going to behave like animatronics. They're not robots. The Pirates of the, Car- Pirates of the Caribbean kill people if, if, the, if the ride breaks down. Right. Um, they're not going to kill the tourists. <laughs> so they go through. They don't really see anything. <laughs> There's maybe one of my favorite exchanges in the movie. We have uh, Malcolm just, you know, excuse me, are there going to be dinosaurs uh, on your dinosaur you, tour? You, that's, you my, ha- that's my one. You do plan to have dinosaurs on this, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I hate that man. <laughs> that man. So good. Then we, um, we separate the, uh, we split the party, which uh, for anyone who has played Dungeons and Dragons or any other role-playing game, we all know is a terrible idea because we come across a Triceratops who is sick. Yep. They never explain it in the movie, what happened. For those curious, the, they sort of mention it. What happens is the Triceratops... Mm-hmm uses rocks to help digest the plants and he's when eating the rocks he's, he's accidentally mean, eating toxic plants with it or she yeah, is one of the plants they mentioned it's like east something lilac i always remember that yeah east indian that. lilac yeah, yeah that's east indian lilac yeah what's happening is the the triceratops eats rocks to assist in its digestion and it accidentally eats little bits of that with when mm-hmm. they eat the rocks right but they never explain it in the movie so for those of you curious you've learned something today okay at this point we're cutting back to the control room and Throughout the movie, uh, Hammond is bragging about how he spared no expense on anything. Except that's not true. Hammond has spared an expense on his IT guy. And he has one IT guy trying to run every, everything. And that is Dennis Nedry as played by, uh, by Wayne Knight, a.k.a. Newman. So Newman, early in the movie, has, we've discovered, is going to, to smuggle out DNA to a rival dinosaur park. I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly what is that? Yeah. And he puts some kind of magical computer spell that isn't a real thing that uh, we have to deal spell. with. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's it's computer magic. It does not. Computer, no basis in technology. That's, that's the name of this episode: computer magic. Computer magic. Jurassic <laughs> Park, aka computer magic. Uh, his uh, his coworker is played by Sam Jackson, Mr. Arnold, who basically has had enough of his shit. <laughs> Nedry makes an excuse that he's going to get some food or go to the bathroom or something like that and he shuts down some systems uh, right. with the park one of which ends up he says it's going to be oh there may be a few systems don't panic but it ends up being just about everything about right the, you yeah. know electric fences which keep the, the dinosaurs then you didn't say the magic word uh-uh-uh you didn't say the magic word please god please. damn it <laughs> <laughs> I love when he wipes everything off the desk. He's like, look at this mess of slob. <laughs> Why does it work like this? Workstation. Then we get to just an absolutely iconic scene where the cars that all of our heroes are in stop directly in front of the Tyrannosaurus Rex paddock. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows what's going on. As we mentioned, Grant thinks he broke the cars. Suddenly we see that that water glass. And we see the ripples. Yep. And out comes out comes the Rex, who just absolutely 
terrorizes the the party here. Yep. It doesn't help also that it's raining out, which is such a great effect in that scene. It is. And that's one actually the smart thing about it. And I think one of the reasons why this movie has lasted so long in the public consciousness is because because it's dark and because it's raining, everything looks good. Mm. You know, there's the the CGI even really didn't look dead until right. years later. And even now it looks fine. But you have the you know, in this instance, for the most part, for the close ups, you have a puppet of a T Rex, it's in the rain. You it just looks incredible. And you know, no uh Gennaro is is killed at this point. You, when you get to go, you get to go. He runs into a bathroom and he's, yep. he's chomped in half. Ms. Uh, is injured this is at which point he dies in the book um but he he survives here the the kids and grant are launched into the paddock somehow it, they uh they end up in they a run tree. into the jungle yeah they run into yeah they tree. end up in a tree. I'm, I'm for the kids die at this point uh but they live uh everyone except Gennaro lives at this point yep so yeah they end up in a tree. they see uh some brachiosaurus and they make terrible jokes with so, each other so brachiosaurus so what i remember it, would, it used to be called a brontosaurus like what happened to that 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 changed it's it keeps going back and forth some okay. scientists say well a brontosaurus doesn't really exist it's just a brachiosaurus and some say they're both and some it's 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 a mess okay the movie they're brachiosaurus i'm gonna stick with that for now all right then uh sadler and uh muldoon go to scope out the uh the the situation with our, our our main characters here at the behest of of hammond and they discover malcolm there's a great car chasing the t-rex chases him back around i think at this point this is where sattler and hammond have the conversation about the flea circus is that right or am i yeah and i think you're right i think it's right around that area yeah and it's, it's really the the big hammond scene of the movie where he you know basically outs himself as an absolute huckster and Sadler calls him on it and just says, you know, this, this whole thing is just you trying to control things you can't possibly control. Right, right. There's nothing legitimate or real about this situation. Mm-hmm. So now uh, Sam Jackson is trying to reboot the systems and get everything up and working again. He is killed by velociraptors, which we find out in a great way when Sadler goes back after him uh, and his arm just plops down on Sadler's shoulder. Right. Also, well, I skipped over one of the great lines of, of cinema uh, and, and one of the, the big deaths of the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. When, yeah. When Sattler and Muldoon are, are going after Mr. Mr. Arnold, they are ambushed by a pack of three velociraptors. Mm-hmm. And as we've known multiple times from lines through the movie, which we actually haven't mentioned in our, in our trademark half-ass summary, they have one move, but they do it really well. One stands off in the distance draws your attention. The other ones come from the side and kill you. And that's, uh, that's what happens to Muldoon. Yeah. The, cl- uh, cl- the clever girls, you know? Yep. And Muldoon of course looks clever girl. So he's dead. <laughs> uh, while Sadler is restarting the systems, including the fences, it's unfortunate timing because Grant and the kids are scaling an electric fence. Yes. Another great opportunity to kill off this kid and make the movie better. <laughs> but he survives. Grant brings him back to life. You think Spielberg would allow that kid to die? No, I don't. I think, uh, I think other filmmakers would have. Yeah, I mean, if it was Christopher Nolan, maybe. Eh. 
No. I don't think Nolan would do it. Okay. I think I'm trying to think of directors at the time that potentially would get a a, a movie this big. Like Tarantino uh, would have him shot in the head. Oh, Tarantino <laughs> would kill this kid immediately. <laughs> the the, ra- the Raptors would bring out a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Raptors with shotguns. Yeah. That's actually Tarantino has another one more movie coming out. So he says it's actually the title we're bringing this now. It's called Raptors with Shotguns. Yeah. Uh, Love it. Yep. And then we uh, we go to everyone is, is back together at this point, but the Raptors are attacking them all. There's a great sequence where the kids are being hunted by these Raptors through a kitchen. Mm-hmm. And and they they basically have to trick the Raptors and, and escape. It's a, it's a great scene. Nothing I tell you as far as play-by-play of what happens will really even do it justice. Right. You said the kitchen scene is one of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, it's so... Even when I know what's, look, I know what's going to happen, I'm still at the edge of my feet because of the, the kid against the... A kid against the wall and the ladle falls. And I'm like, damn it, that ladle. Every time I see the movie, I'm like, that stupid ladle. Um, and then you get that really cool sequence of when they're all climbing through, like, I don't know, a little tunnel up top or whatever it is. And the girl almost falls and the raptor's jumping up to get her. Um, it's just great all the way. And then, of course, the big, the big, I mean, the big conclusion was that that T-Rex saves the day and kind of like- The get, big, yeah, the, the big baby face t- turn the, from the-, the ba- uh, Yeah, the baby face T-Rex. From the T-Rex. Um, uh, but no, we, we do get a great chase scene here where they they get the, the systems working again because uh, Lex, uh, the, 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 the female, the granddaughter of, uh, of Hammond is a, a hacker, uh, which has no meaning whatsoever in, in early 90s uh, movies. It, it could be anything. It's, it might as well be sorcerer. So that's why we say computer magic. I, would, I will say right here, I'm going to say right here and now that the, T, the T-Rex is literally the Stone Cold Steve Austin of, of the movie. Absolutely. Because he's, he's badass, in, but he, he saves comes the Comes in, he starts, he, he starts throwing out Stone Cold Stunners to the Raptors. T-Rex Stunners, so many There's Raptors. little arms. Yep. Little, little, <laughs> little T-Rex little, arms Stunners. Little arms weren't meant for Stunners, but he gets it done. Yeah. But we, we get a, a great sequence. The Raptors chase them out. There's the DNA sequences are... There's... DNA sequences uh, emitting from a, a computer screen yep. and it just covers the Raptors. In oh, that's a, that's a cool sequence. Yeah. It's, I it's love such that. a, it's such a great image yep. in a movie full of unbelievable images. Right. That, that, and I will say when the T-Rex does finish the job that, that scream and the, the, the Jurassic park banner falling that whole, yep. oh man, so good. It's great. It's yeah, much, the, it's much better than the Darth Vader yell at the end of our Re- Re- uh, revenge of the Sith. The oh, no! do you mean? <laughs> Well, Derek, we'll get to it. That may be the greatest movie of all time. Uh, we don't know. We got to talk about it. And then, and then everyone escapes the island, and, and they all live happily ever after. Oh, we, we forgot. We forgot to say, uh, Nedry is killed by a Dilophosaurus yes. at some point, and he is. Uh, it's a dinosaur that sprays acid in its in his face. Yep. It's a uh, it's a it's a tremendous death. Yeah. So, we've talked about what happens in the movie. Yes. And. Now what we're going to do is something we like to do every week. And that is give out the bronze, silver, and gold medal to who has basically won the movie. Who, is, who, has, been, who has benefited the most? Who is the number one star, number three, number two, number one star of the movie? I had a difficult time doing this. I'm not going to lie. This is so, a tough one for me. Okay. So, Derek, let's go with your bronze. Who do you have for bronze? We get a tie for bronze. Okay. We got Samuel Jackson and Wayne Knight. Okay. What do you, how do you? I, I love, I think, I think that side characters make a movie 
um, subtle side character. I can name a bunch of side characters in other movies that I can compare to this, um, which I don't want to ruin the future thing, but like, I, I think that their humor, the, everything they do in the movie, it just makes it a little bit better for me. Um, and that's why I, I picked them as my bronze. I think they're both equally fun, um, the little lines. Um, sometimes throughout the movie, I kind of wanted Wayne Knight to succeed and, and bring the uh, that DNA and and get his money. I was rooting for him because he's such a might as, might as well. And let's cover this a bit in the sequels. Hammond's company in Gen is cartoonishly evil. Yeah, that that DNA probably would have been in better hands. <laughs> yes, in whoever in whatever company that Dodson was was representing. Right. So those are my bronze. So my bronze, I'm giving that to Michael Crichton. Okay. And Michael Crichton, before this, I mean, he was a very well-known author. Jurassic Park was a huge hit as a book, but he hadn't really gone too much into the film world. Right. There was the, the movie version of Westworld, which later, I mean, obviously now was made into a TV show on HBO, was, was made years before. Uh, this was his sort of big one. And right after that, a lot of his books get made into like not great movies, mm-hmm. like Congo and Sphere. And stuff like that. But who knows? They may be the greatest movie of all time. We'll get to them. We're going to watch every single movie. Congo. I have seen that movie. Quite Congo. It's, it's, you know, we'll have to watch it again for the podcast. But my memory is that it is not the greatest movie. I of just all remember time. Tim Curry with an African accent. <laughs> there's a, there's a, does a gorilla talk in that? It's, it's, it's a mess. Um, okay. It's great. This girl will talk. I don't know. It's a mess. That the the one of the doctors from Nip Tuck is in it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's quite the movie, but we'll get to that one later for sure. Who do you who do you have for silver? My silver is Jeff Goldblum. Mine too. Uh, he gets my silver. He's he's the he's so he's so funny. He's quirky. He's smart. He everything about him is cool. Um, he's my favorite character in this film. Yeah, I agree. Goldblum is mine. My silver as well. He 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 really becomes. His acting style, his character in that really becomes his persona. Mm-hmm. Like his, his, you know, his, um, what he projects in the real world, I feel like as his Jeff, Jeff Goldblumness, really comes from Malcolm, the, the stuttering and the, uh, the stammering and like the, the fascination with odd things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sort of interesting because I, I was trying to think who I could compare, especially at this time, I could compare Jeff Goldblum to. And he, he really is, the only phrase that came to mind is he is a sexy Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> okay. Like he's, he's has that sort of kind of an everyman quality, but also way cooler. Like he pulls off both at once, which is really right. incredible. It's a great performance. I mean, uh, they might also just give him, you should just give this guy a Han Solo suit and give him a whip too. He's sort of like, I don't know. He's just okay. he's suave. Might as well, yeah. No, and that is that is a Spielberg and, and Lucas and and all those guys. They really do have, you know, they, they really have this this super cool character archetype that shows up in all of these movies. So we will be talking a lot about these types of characters as time goes on. So uh Derek, I have a feeling I know, but who is who is your gold medal winner? Spielberg. Yeah. And you know, it's it's tough because I don't want to make a habit of choosing a director for a gold, but I think Spielberg is just so crafty and he's so, when you watch his, when you want, especially this movie, like we, we mentioned before, it's, it's the big epic movie. Yes. But we, we mentioned the small little details that make the movie as good as it is like the DNA on the Raptor, like the, uh, the, 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 the female buckles. Um, 
I love that because it's thought out and it's fun. Um, even if it wasn't his ideas, I'm glad that he did at least put them in there. I mean, Spielberg's one of the greatest directors of all time. I don't think there's even a, an argument there. Um, yeah. And this is and, one of his best. And so many of his movies are, are different. There, there's, yeah. Yeah, but they always have, when you watch a Spielberg movie, it all does share that essential Spielbergness. Mm-hmm. Spielberg is my gold medal winner, by the way, as well. Yep. Um, but they're, they're all very different. You know, Jurassic Park, you can compare and contrast it with Jaws, but it's, it has its differences and it has, you know, its similarities, obviously. The, he just, he hits on so many things. I mean, let's, let's look at like, what Spielberg's been doing at this time period. Before this movie, his last two movies were Last Crusade and Hook. His, right, he then... Some of my favorites. He, t- he then turns this, this into he, the same year back to back he films schindler's list it's, it's wild he was uh, on a roll yeah he was, he was on such a roll with this he actually parlays this back to back into creating his own studio dreamworks is a, a studio spielberg created based on the commercial success of jurassic park and the artistic success of uh, of schindler's list and it's i mean no one's ever done that no no one else and, and that uh, leads, and so, I mean, that's why Spielberg, I think, is a far and away the gold medal winner for this one. Yep. So great job, Spielberg. This is, I'm sure, one of the, the biggest honors of your career. So, Derek, not every movie can be the best movie of all time. But one could say that every movie may do one thing better or a few things better than any movie has ever done. Mm-hmm. And Derek, what does Jurassic Park do for you better than any movie you know what's funny about this um i should have previously thought about this question before and i didn't so that's my fault but luckily jurassic park is what we're talking about and as you were asking me this question the answer came to my lips right away and that's cgi um yeah i mean you're doing a movie about dinosaurs and you nail it good for you (laughs) I, i specifically have it is the best cgi of the 90s yeah, I could. I, I'm not comfortable saying it's as good as, say, you know, Infinity War or Endgame or something like that. One of the the huge blockbusters of today, but of the '90s, I would say let's let's say this: the best CGI of the 20th century. Yep. Uh, and I don't think it's close. Maybe, I, I, yeah, I don't even I don't think there's a close number two. I, I also have, and we we talked about this just just a, a few moments ago. It's half of the best back to back director projects mm-hmm. of all time. There's you can look at any director back-to-back movies, and I don't think you get the effect of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. It's, it's out of control, right. what Spielberg did. And I think it is the best version of dinosaurs we've ever seen on film. Yes, agreed. Um, I, think, I think King Kong does a lot of great stuff in the 30s with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this just blows it out of the water. Right. I mean, I like the, I like the Peter Jackson King Kong dinosaurs. Those are fun. And I like, I like, I like seeing dinosaurs falling off cliffs, but um, this was uh, yeah. Jurassic Park just takes it, takes it home. And, and I think Jurassic Park does dinosaurs better than even Jurassic world and Jurassic world fallen kingdom. Like that's, yeah. It's just... I, you know, it's funny. I've only seen the first one of the new trilogy and I'm going to see the other ones because now that we're doing this, I'm kind of excited to see them, but I do want to do these, those in the future because I have a lot of things to say about that. That first one, especially Jurassic, Jurassic world. Jurassic world is 
to my remembrance, and again, we'll talk about both of them so far because yeah, we're going to watch every movie ever made and decide if it's the best movie of all time. Jurassic World is multitudes better than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, um, Fallen Kingdom, I think, is the one I'm talking about. Which, yeah, which one? The, the, the newest of the, the of newest one. The newest one. It is not good. <laughs> um, okay. But who knows? It might be the greatest movie of all time. We'll get right, back right. to it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see the, the, the second and yep. third of those. If, there so, is three, three, three new ones, right? There's a third one in production right now. Or okay, so only, only a was. second one that I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Derek, we've talked about this. What in this movie is your favorite moment? And your least favorite moment? No, hmm, well, let's see. I mean, mo- it's tough because this, this movie collects a lot of good moments. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I, I when I look when I watch a movie and I and it finishes and I walk away from it for a few weeks, I remember the tone of the movie and the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like how the, when I first saw The Exorcist, that sev- that grimy '70s feel never left me. It wasn't what happened in the movie; it was the it was the mood of the movie. Let's let's rephrase. Not necessarily moment, but it could be a, your favorite moment, your favorite scene, your your favorite character. I mean, we've talked about Malcolm a lot, but what's your if you could pinpoint one thing and say this is the best thing in this movie, and opposite, what's the worst thing in this movie? Uh, well, I, I, just the top of my head, and I know I'll, I'll probably change my mind, but the best thing I can think of right now is is Wayne Knight's performance when he's trying to just get out of the park and deliver the stick the, stupid. Yes, stick stupid. Um, just, just him banging his head in the car, falling. The thing comes out of his pocket, yep. falls, gets buried in the dirt. He doesn't know where he is. His car gets stuck in the thing. It's like I can't tell if I want him to get away or not because he's such a slimy bastard. But um, I think that's that whole sequence is one of my favorites. And then, and then that dinosaur gets into his car, and you just you don't see what happens, but you see the shadows of the windshield of like what's happening to him and. Just great job. Like, I like I like the line in there as well, where he says, "Oh, I thought you were one of your big brothers." Because yeah. shows how dense he is because he works at the park and he doesn't recognize that they're all female. <laughs> like he's just he's just like so dumb, right? It's, but yeah, so for for me, the best moment is the the T Rex attack. Mm-hmm. You know, from when you see that that water, those ripples in the water, to yeah, when the T-Rex sort of stomps off, it's just, you can't take your eyes off the screen. Right. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah. You have, you have Grant just being like, don't move. You have Malcolm sacrificing himself so the kids are, you know, kids are safe. Because Malcolm, cool dude, likes kids. Grant, at this point, he learns to like kids, but is a dick. Yeah, I mean, the T-Rex attack, you just, it's one of the best action sequences, I think, ever in cinema. Right. Really. And that's just, that's absolute Spielberg magic. Mm-hmm. Nobody else does it like him. Right. So what's your, uh, what's your oh, least favorite? Man, this is a tough one because it's a movie that's... Is it, Derek? It's is it very, tough? <laughs> it's very close to being a perfect movie, in my opinion. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like you have your least favorite already. Oh, it's, yeah. It's the, I'm assuming you're going to choose the children. I'm going to choose one specific moment. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so we're near the end of the movie. We're trying to lock the doors. It's a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> I remember watching it well recently and my wife even calling bullshit on it. She's like, how the hell does she know that shit? Yeah. You're telling me, first of all, let's break it down. You're telling me a multi-billion dollar organization that Hammond has doesn't have like some proprietary system that they're running all their stuff out of with multiple, you know, security backups. 
you know, I know, you know, I know Wayne Knight, you know, is, is like a kind of a shitty, you know, a, a shitty IT guy who underbid everything, but come on. And then, all right. Yeah. She's 12 years old or whatever. And she's, she's a, she's a elite hacker. Come on. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, okay. Like, yeah, it's just, that's, that's one of, I think Spielberg's weaknesses is that he just, these, this cutesy kid stuff can just, when he does it well, he does it really well, but it can just destroy a movie potentially. Uh, all right, yeah, I'm much. on board with that. But I, w- I will yeah. mention one thing that made me aggravated. Okay. And this is probably, you know, people can shit on me for this, but when I'm watching a movie, I like seeing ac- action sequences that are like, they're so believable that like, okay, I can believe that that happened. They got out of that and it made sense. And this can also make sense in a way, but I just hated it. It was so, it was too close for me. It was when Grant and the boy are hanging from, no, no, I'm sorry, Grant and the girl are hanging from some sort of a rope on a wall and the car is about to come down and, and, and collapse on them. And he's swinging back and forth. He's swinging back and forth and the car misses them by like less than inches. And yeah. I don't know what it is. Every time I see that scene, I'm just like, come on. And I've done that in several movies that I love of like just a sequence that's like, oh, that, what? But you know, it had to be in there and it's just something that aggravated me, but it is what it is. I, I think that yours is a better answer, but that's just something that aggravates me about it. So I think, I think our... Our biggest criticism of the movie, we can say, is less kids, more Malcolm. Yes. All right, let's yes. do it. Okay, let's play a game. I'm going to go through some of the major Oscar categories uh, from this year, and we're going to see if uh, we think Jurassic Park should be slotted in over, over one of those, uh, those uh, nominees. Okay. Uh, so, best picture. This year, the winner was, Stevens, was uh, Schindler's List, another Spielberg movie. We also had The Fugitive. Um, in the name of the father, we had the piano, uh, the remains of the day. So, I mean, I've, I've, of these, I've seen Schindler's List. I've seen the fugitive. I've not seen the other ones. I'm comfortable with replacing those with Jurassic park. Any one of those. Uh, what, what do you think? Which one should we, or do you think any? I mean, have you I seen? I mean, these? it's tough. Yeah. It's tough because I haven't seen most of yeah. them. So. And again, we are we are going to watch every movie ever made as a part of this podcast. So we're we're going to get to these. We're going to get to these. I mean, uh, I guess if I just had to throw one out there, I mean, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really not digging Daniel Day Lewis this year. No Day Lewis. Day Lewis has his. Yeah. He's got too many awards. Just, just ninety three is not his year, in my opinion. As opposed to Spielberg, who actually won this year. He has to okay. So we'll get we'll get we'll we'll go back to it. We might bring it back. We might even replace Jurassic Park with this one day, but we'll get to it. Best director, Spielberg wins for Schindler's List. Schindler's List cleaning up. Other nominees, Jim Sheridan in the name of the father, Jane Campion, the piano, James Ivory, the remains of the day, and Robert Altman, shortcuts. Do we want to slot Spielberg for Jurassic Park in there? I mean, absolutely. Hmm. I, I mean, uh... I know you want to keep Altman. I can tell. I like Altman. I'm an Altman guy. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot more about Altman on this uh, on if, this if, podcast. If you, if you listed on. if you listed one as the piano, get rid of the piano. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's get rid of the um, you know Jane Campion. I am sorry. We're gonna we're gonna watch this movie for this podcast one day. You might get back in. Mm. We will see. We will see. Okay. So then the 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 acting categories get a little bit more interesting. I think best actor. This year is won by Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. Okay. Your guy, Daniel Day-Lewis, is nominated for Name of the Father. Lawrence Fishburne for What's Love Got to Do With It. 
right. uh, yep. Tina Turner biopic. Anthony Hopkins, another all-time greatest, remains for Remains of the Day, and Liam Neeson in Schindler's List playing Oscar Schindler. I don't think we can put Sam Neill in this category. No, Sam Neill doesn't belong there. Yeah, and he'd be the only one that would really qualify for Main, for best actor. Yeah, for best actor. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So I'm going to yeah. say, sorry, Sam, you're out. Nope. Uh, best actress. Uh, I, do we? I mean, are we are we going to consider Laura Dern? actress or supporting i mean even if she was a main i mean she's good in the movie but she's not a she, she's not a person who steals anything in this movie she's a placeholder and she's a very good placeholder um but I mean, so I can, I can go through the nominees but we, we don't feel strong about her carrying this movie unless there's somebody who i absolutely hate in there holly hunter wins for the piano angela bassett for what's love got to do with it stalker channing for six degrees of separation emma thompson for remains of the day Deborah Winger for Shadowlands. I mean, I actually really enjoyed Stalker Channing in that movie. Um, that's a pretty interesting movie. Um, you know, I would say no. Leave Laura Dern out. I mean, yep. she's she's a good actress, but sorry, I mean, Laura, you're gonna you, she's gonna be nominated. In some of these other ones that we do, but she's not sure. making it in here now. For, for show. Okay, best supporting actor. Let's so, let's say our representative is gonna be our guy here. Our guy. Our guy's sexy. Be Jimmy Stewart himself. Jeff Goldblum, Tommy Lee Jones wins this year for The Fugitive. Leonardo DiCaprio for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Ray Fiennes for Schindler's List. John Malkovich in The Line of Fire, and Pete Postlewaite for In the Name of the Father. So number number one, in my opinion, I haven't seen all five of those movies, but DiCaprio should have won that year, in my opinion. Oh, I think we should get DiCaprio out of there. I thought his performance was fantastic. I've done research on it. I know he nailed it. Everything about it. I, I think he, I'm, I'm, we'll keep him in, but I, I mean, Ray Fon should have won. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that Tommy Lee Jones shouldn't be in there just based on his performance. Really? That's the winner. Based on his performance on Batman forever. Not for this movie. <laughs> I think so. He is great in that movie. I think we keep him in. So do we, we take out Malkovich or we take out Postlewaite? Take, take out, take out Malkovich. Cause I like Postlewaite. I, have to, I like Malkovich. Take on Malkovich. We'll throw, okay. We'll throw in Jeff Goldblum. He's not going to win, but he deserves to be in there. Yep. So sorry, John. But I, I guess I'm going to have to go ahead and see The Fugitive so I can see Tommy Lee Jones in that. At some it was point. good. He's, he's, he's very good in it. But he, I mean, he, I if, if, if you're saying, meh, he was good, th- that to me is not an Oscar winning performance. I don't know if he should have. I don't think he should have won. I think Ray Fiennes plays Eamon Goethe yeah. uh, in Schindler's List. And I think it's one of the all time great villain performances. I think it's on the level of like a Hannibal Lecter. That's how good he, it, like as far as villains go. I think he definitely should have won. Tommy Lee Jones, if he's nominated, I get no problem. I would, I would not have him as a winner. Right. Okay. I don't think we have a supporting actress uh, in this movie. No. And that's, that's normally. Unless it's the T-Rex. <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's normally where I would stop. Just the acting and directors and best picture. But, yeah, I'm, I agree. But for Jurassic Park, I want to throw out a bonus one. Okay. Because this is a category that I am stunned. Stunned it was not nominated. Okay. Best original score. Yeah. You know what? Can I throw an F-bomb in there? Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. John Williams, his score so, in that is A+. Plus. So, how- so this is another one where John Williams wins for Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, listen, Schindler's List, I'm not going to argue with you. 
has grander designs and grander storytelling goals yeah. than Jurassic Park. Although Jurassic Park is a great movie. I really think Jurassic Park is the better score. I agree with um, you. I agree you know, 100%. We, yep. I mean, the other ones, we have the, the Age of Innocence, we have The Firm, we have The Fugitive, and we have Remains of the Day. I, and Schindler's List obviously won. I would say we, I mean, any of them. Like Jurassic Park just wins. I think we just renamed this this year. All of them are gone. This is the Jurassic Park year. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah, that's, to me, is that's absolutely outrageous that it wasn't even nominated. That's yeah. maybe the, the worst Oscar snub I've, I've ever been a part of. Agreed. All right. So, Derek, we've, uh, we've come to the end of our podcast here, except for one thing. And that is I need you, Derek Smith, to give me the hard sell on why Jurassic Park is the greatest movie of all time. You have 30 seconds. Okay. How, how much time do you want? 30 seconds is fine. Let's we'll see if I can. All right, let, me, can let, me, let me get a stopwatch going. All right, so Derek, you have 30 seconds. Tell me why Jurassic Park is the greatest movie of all time. Go. Jurassic Park has the best CGI of the 90s, the entire decade. It gives you dinosaurs. It gives you prehistoric times along with modern times. It gives you great characters. It gives you great acting. Um, you, get, you get plenty of deaths in there, which is good. Um, you don't want everyone to survive because that's not the way life works. Um, you got an amazing score uh, by John Williams, maybe, maybe in his top three of all time. I'll even go that far. Um, you got a film that's exciting from beginning Time's to end. Time's up, Derek. You have taken your 30 seconds. Okay. So it's now up to our listeners to decide whether or not Jurassic Park is the greatest movie of all time. And you can reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at GreatMovieCast. You can email us at GreatestMoviePod at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And you can search for us on Facebook at Greatest Movie of All Time Podcast. So reach out to us. We want to get the discussion going. We decided that uh, because – now, there's a lot of opinions out there as to what the greatest movie of all time is. And one that uh, seems to get the most attention oh, yeah. is the Internet Movie Database. Mm -hmm. And number one on the Internet Movie Database rankings is what, Derek? The Shawshank Redemption. That's right. The Stephen King adaptation. Uh, about hope in the face of a horrible situation in the worst jail you could imagine. Yep. We'll be talking about that. We're talking about Morgan Freeman and we'll be talking about Stephen King. Please join us. Watch along. Join in the conversation on social media. I have been your co-host, Rick Barrasso. I have been your co-host, Derek Smith. And keep watching, everybody. <laughs>